0: Have faith in God, and they make a Baptist shout. Amen. It's an honor to be here with the church. It's been a, it's been a long time. I hope you'll have patience with me this morning. I'm still suffering a bit of jet lag. And I do want to say, if you're a first-time visitor here, I'm just kind of blowing through. You be sure and come back and hear the pastor preach, amen? I say that everywhere I go. I'm preaching out of a Bible this morning. That was my grandfather's Bible. It was given to me at his death. I remember as a twelve year old boy up here in Teague. Anybody know where that is? Yes, Teague. I was born in Mahia. I told a little bit earlier about my past life somewhat as as a ruffian. My mother called us a bunch of little thugs. Thuglets we were called. But at the age of 12, I was smoking and carrying a gun and slept with a gun every night. And one night at my grandfather's house, I heard some noise on a full moonlit night. I was sitting smoking a cigarette. I heard that noise and I thought, what is that? And I got up from my couch that I was sleeping on in the living room and I went around the corner And on a full moon that night, as the hall was lit, I saw an old figure knelt down by a bed. And he was praying that God would save my soul. And I thought he was a fool at the time. But God answered that prayer. He didn't live long enough to see the answer, but He prayed for me. And I'm glad that someone cared for my soul. And I would suspect that many of you here today, if you're saved, someone cared for your soul. Someone went out of their way. took the time, had faith in God, to witness to you. Can I say in my wife's illness, in the almost year that she was in hospital, suffered multiple organ failure. For 30 years we had neighbors that wouldn't even talk to us. We could talk to them and they would just turn a blind eye to us for 30 years. And when my wife was admitted into hospital and the severity got worse and worse, those neighbors came and invited me to their house. And for months I got to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know if that would have happened if my wife hadn't have fell ill. But I do know that God's in control. We just got to be faithful. Romans chapter number one and I'm gonna to have to get some Kleenexes over here. If you pardon me. In Scotland, they would call me a blubberer. Romans chapter 1 and also go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Romans chapter 1, I'm just going to read verse number 1. And it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ... Called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Salvation made Paul what he is, but his humility and his humbleness and his surrender is how that God used him. Paul was a servant. You remember the Lord Jesus came and he said, That he came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And that is our, that is our task. That's how we get saved. Someone ministers to us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, it's through that gospel that God The power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit works through His Word in our hearts. I remember the day I got saved. I was sitting on about the fifth row back in just a wee small church. And it was like I had the devil on one shoulder and the Lord on the other. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I had this one voice on the one side said, boy, you're the man, you're tough, you're big. And the voice on the other side was saying, I love you, I died for you, I'll forgive you. And boy, the voice on the other side was saying, boy, if you get saved, if you become a Christian, they're going to laugh at you and make fun of you and all your friends will mock you. And the Lord says, I loved you, I died for you. If you'll accept me, I'll save you. Boy, the battle was on. But it was through the preaching of the gospel, which is the power of God, yes. yeah. as which God works. And that's what I want to preach to you this day. In verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning, beginning in verse number 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye received... And wherein ye stand, and by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Paul received the gospel. We receive the gospel of salvation. And that is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried and that He arose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And in that message, the Bible says, is the power of God unto salvation. To all them that believe, simple faith. We are busy many times talking about many things. Most of the churches today are seeking some new approach, some new way of reaching people, and they have forsaken the old gospel message of Jesus Christ, His death, His burial, His resurrection, and they have forsaken the old way for some new way. The new way is all based on feelings. It's all on excitement. It's built on music. And music has its place. The psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That's the key. The spiritual songs. And Paul here, he was saved. He heard the preaching of the gospel. The Holy Spirit of God convicted his heart. And there on the road to Damascus... When struck down, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And he became a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the great commission is to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There in Scotland, that's what we do. That's what you do here. That's what you should do all around the world. And that is the great commission to preach the gospel to every creature. God's proclamation. God's given us the commission to preach the gospel to every creature without wavering. For it is the power of God unto salvation aren't you glad that christ died for your sins i don't know about you but i had enough sins to deal with matter of fact when the preacher came to my house and talked to me about getting saved i had this idea that you had to get your ducks in order to get saved i had the you know the smoking and the drugs and the drink and the guns and the fighting and the cussing and and all the the bars and the drinking and all that was going. I thought I had to get a control of all these things and had to line my ducks up in order and then I'd get saved. And you know what? You never get saved because you're never going to get your ducks in order. You just have to come to Him as you are. And He says, They that come to Me I will in no wise cast out. And that comes from the preaching of the gospel. John seeth Jesus from so far and, and cried, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. The gospel is that Christ died for our sins. Oh, how great a sinner as we are. Because every man has gone his own way. Well, I have my idea and I have my thoughts and I have my way. And, of course, the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man and the end thereof are the ways of death. And I had my idea before I got saved. I just thought, you know, that if you're good outweighed your bad, you know. Of course, the problem is is we have very little good. And our scale to be measured against is against the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be weighed in the balances and found wanting, the Bible says. The Gospel is God's command to His redeemed to preach it. Spurgeon says that every Christian should live as if Christianity depended upon Him Spurgeon wrote that we are to take the seed of the gospel and sow it wherever we are wherever we go. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The problem is, is the servants. I've been pondering that for quite a number of weeks. The fact that Paul was a servant. We need servants today. A servant is one who recognizes he has a Lord and a Master. And you know what? If you're saved, you have a Lord and you have a Master. And you're going to serve someone or something. You know, soccer over in the UK, over in Scotland is, is a god. They used to have banners the size of that wall that said soccer or football. They call it football over there. Football, our God. And of course, all the soccer games are on a Sunday. The training's on a Sunday. But we serve someone or Something. We are to serve our Lord Jesus Christ, as Paul said there in Romans 1, of the gospel of God. We are to be servants. He is worthy. He is more than worthy. If you're saved, listen, you ought to want to serve Him. Your concern ought to be Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord says, Go and preach the gospel that Christ died for our sins. We've been put in trust with this gospel. And Paul tells the Thessalonians in this we have been put in trust, and so we speak. We can talk about many things. We can talk about politics. We can talk about the economy. We can talk about one another. We can talk about the preacher and, and what have you. We can talk about many things. But listen, we are to tell people and speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you'll have enough contention with that. With that. But is the power of God unto salvation. It will get the job done. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. I was looking for that song, Must I Go and Empty Handed? Must I go and empty-handed? Fisher Mund, he was with the Fisherman's Mission up in Bon Secours, Alabama. A dear brother. Went home to be with the Lord here not too long ago. I heard him preaching one day and he said this. He said, I fear that for every Christian who dies and leaves this earth doesn't leave a replacement behind him. And boy, how that struck me. I would not want to die being saved by the grace of God through this gospel of, of great power of our God and our Savior. I'd hate to die and stand before the Lord one day and say I had not one soul left behind to fill my shoes. And Let me say that this gospel is the only way of salvation. I don't know where you stand today, but I know in Scotland, you know, people they get christened at birth and they that makes them a Christian. I remember when I was preaching in the prison and one of the reasons I had to I had to leave the prison ministry is because I wouldn't I had no favor with the chaplain who was an Episcopalian woman who was a lesbian. And she said, We're not gonna have this being born again stuff preached. She said, Christ died for all men, so all men are going to heaven. And I said, you mean to tell me that Hitler's in heaven? Oh yes, Hitler's in heaven. Joseph Stalin's in heaven? Oh yeah, Joseph Stalin's in heaven. Christ died for all men, so all men are saved. That's, their, that's how they see it. It's, it's a lie. But what a necessity that we have to preach this gospel because it is the only means of salvation outside of Jesus Christ's death and His resurrection. And listen, His resurrection is very important. A lot of people believe that it's just that, uh, well, the Muslims teach that He didn't really die. He only fainted and then He revived and, and that's what they believe. They don't believe He was the Son of God. I mean, we could go there for a long time, but you have a lot of people, they don't believe that Jesus Christ is the only means and only way of salvation. But the gospel, listen, Paul says here, which ye heard, which ye received, and by which you are also saved. And it's more than just a head knowledge, mind you. As I told you, I grew up, you know, I grew up there in, just outside in Arlington. And um, I believed in Jesus Christ. Celebrated His birth. Celebrated Easter. I mean celebrated the whole thing. I believed in God. I believed in Jesus Christ. The resurrection. I believed uh, everything. that, that That's the, the wind and blows. I mean everybody in here. You probably grew up hearing about Jesus Christ. I was in the hospital there in aberdeen having a knee replacement and i had these two 18 19 year old students that were working in the hospital came through and i sometimes i use the ten commandments as a way of uh, witnessing to people you know people say this they say well i'm all right and i'll ask them i say well are, are you good oh yeah i'm good I said, do you know the Ten Commandments? And you can read off some. How many Ten Commandments do you know? In a way, uh, these these kids had never even heard the Ten Commandments. I thought they were winding me up and joking, but they didn't have a clue what I was on about on the Ten Commandments. They didn't know anything. That's where we are today. You see, people, Paul talks about it in Romans chapter 10. How shall they believe in whom they've not heard? I'd heard about Jesus all my life, but it didn't mean anything to me personally. It wasn't until I realized that Jesus died for my sins, to save me from my sins. That if I would accept Him and believe on Him, He would save me and forgive me of my sins. And, and listen, what? Well, oh, he did it. <laughs> Somebody said, how do you know you're saved? I said, because I was there when it happened. I worked at General Motors there 10 years and we whined and dined and partied and our life was a wild, wicked life every weekend. How I ever got home on the weekends, I can remember driving home staggered, driving all over the road. It's a miracle I didn't kill anyone, it's even more that I didn't get caught. But I got saved on February the 17th, 1974, and, you know, my my grandmother, she was Native American. She was an Indian, and you could tell, you know, Indians don't have a smile on their face. Amen? Uh, I've always had this. My wife tells me all the time, she says, honey, would you please smile? You look like you're mad at everybody. But I got saved on that day in February. It was a Sunday, and God put a joy in my heart and gave me peace and put a smile on my face. I mean, it was like the Joker smile. Honest to goodness, it was like that. I could not stop smiling. The joy of the Lord was in my soul. I went to work that next morning, I still had the smile, I couldn't stop. I went to work and I walked in to punch and the crew I worked with, they were in the break room there and they were. I could hear them talking. They were going, boy, look at Miller. Look at the smile on his face. Man, he must have had a wild weekend. I bet he yelled, you know. And boy, they were talking and I was just smiling. I couldn't stop. And the guy I worked with for those 10 years, we were like brothers. We rode motorcycles together. We drank together, partied. And he said, Miller, he says, you've been smiling all day. What are you smiling about? I plucked up all the courage I had within me, and I said, Well, Richard, I went to church on Sunday. Man, they started laughing. Ah ha! Boy, I mean, just burst out. Would you believe Miller went to church on Sunday? Hey, Miller went to church on Sunday. Ah, boy, they were laughing. And he was looking at me and he was laughing. He goes, What'd you do? Get saved? I said, Yes, I did. Well, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Don't preach to me. And boy, the word went around. You know, Miller got religion. And they were walking around, well, he'll get over it. Typical testimony of some Christians, you know. Well, I got saved. And then about a month later, you'd never know it. And after God called me to preach, and I went to Bible school every year and I quit General Motors. I was making ten fifty an hour when I left there in nineteen seventy eight and I went to Florida and I was paid a dollar eighty three <laughs> I had to beg to get a job after I'd gone a week of trying to find a job. I finally got to b f Goodrich, and I'm sorry we can't offer you a job, although they were advertising. And I said, "Well, look, what is the problem here?" And he goes, "Well, man, you were making ten fifty an hour. He said, "We can't pay you anything like that. I just want a job." And they hired me. And I worked for $1.83. Needless to say, our living standards went down a wee bit. But I was happy because I was in the will of God. But I say the Gospel, it is the only means of salvation. And you know what makes the Gospel so good and so great is the fact that it is so simple. Jesus said, except you become as a little child... You shall likewise not enter into the kingdom of God. The gospel is so simple, people stumble at it. Even in Scotland, it's a worldwide thing. People have this notion that they've got to quit this and quit that and get this sorted and get that sorted and just do all these things and that's what they focus on. And the fact of the matter is this, my friends, that the gospel of salvation is something that you hear, that you receive. And you just believe and you trust. Have faith in God. It's not a feeling. It's not an experience. I mean, I had a feeling. I'm going to tell you. I told you I slept with a gun every night. I slept with three loaded guns by my bed. I had a 410 shotgun. I'd converted into a handgun. I'd had guns put to my head and told they was going to blow my brains out. i Shot and missed and and could have killed a, a, a my brother in law and what have you and that was the kind of life uh, that I was raised in and the thing is when I got saved, the peace of God came in my heart my brother in law as I told the Sunday school class was a drug addict and a drug dealer and supplied us with drugs and the one thing the one thing that he that caught me when he witnessed to me and told me I was going to hell you mean <laughs> God is love, and I love you, and you love you, and I, you know, you know that it wasn't none of that, man. Carl, you're going to hell. But he had peace; he had something I did not have, and that only comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel of salvation. You know, the song says, you ask me why I'm happy, and I'll just tell you why. Because my sins are gone. Boy, there nothing better than that. Nothing greater. Can I say about the gospel, it is one that is personal. We talk about Jesus being our personal Savior. And I'm glad that it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've been, what you even are. That preacher came to my house and he talked me into going to church. And I told him, I said, "Listen, I'll I'll come to the church because everybody, my wife was on me and my brother-in-law was on me, and and I, I, you know, I just thought, well, I'll I'll go to the church and and that'll take care of that." And I told that preacher, I said, "Well, I'm going to tell you, I said, if anybody comes up to me and tries to coerce me or press me in any way, that's just not going to be good." Because they're going to regret it. But boy, I want to tell you, those people, the pastor was totally opposite of what I perceived a preacher would be. And the people in the church were totally opposite of what I perceived them to be. You see, I knew there were a lot of people, I'm persuaded that there were a lot of people that probably thought there was just no hope for me. And that I was just poor white trash, and and you know Miller's just a he's a bad dude. Just stay away from him. But I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a personal savior. In his ministry, he dealt with individuals. Yeah, he dealt with a multitude, but he dealt primarily with individuals. And I'm glad He's a personal Savior. He came to me and spoke to my heart. And let me tell you, He was true to His Word. When I went off to Bible College, I quit General Motors there. I went back once a year. I'd go back to visit my family. And I would make it my purpose to go by those men that I worked with. Those men that said it, that I'd get over it. And for many years, several years, I went back there. When they would let me in, they got to the point where they wouldn't let me in the, there to, with the men that I worked with. And I would tell them, i say, boys, it's still good. You say, why? Because He is my personal Savior. In the gospel of Jesus Christ, Boy, we go into the prison there and I've been, uh, you know, Brother Spurgeon, I don't know if you know Brother Spurgeon, uh, Dave Spurgeon, you know the old biker dude that uh, out of Dayton, Ohio. I brought him over to Scotland. We preached in all the main prisons there in Scotland. And uh, we just preached the simplicity of the salvation and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now this gospel is one that's everlasting and eternal. We still, 2,000 years this day, this era, we still preach the simplicity of salvation. Listen, just the plain gospel truth that Christ died for our sins. Man, there's no sugaring over it. There's no... Uh, Listen, trying to make it easy, listen, Christ died for sinners, as Paul said, of whom I am chief. And we need to see ourselves as guilty, undeserving sinners. But Christ died for our sins. Here recently, Brother Van Boltenberg, do you know Brother Van Boltenberg? Brother Van Boltenberg has tent meetings all over the southern parts of Scotland there. And uh, I was invited, I get invited every year to preach. Uh, You know, I am the the patriarch, or I don't know, the old man in Scotland, having been there. And uh, we were driving down the road the day before, and this brother was preaching at his tent meeting, and I was listening to it on Facebook, and was listening to it, and it got right down to the preacher, got up to preach, and all of a sudden we lost sound. And we waited and waited and waited. The sound never came on, and we drove on down to my daughter's and what have you and spent the night there. And the next night I went back up to Dundee to preach at night. I preached on John 3.16, and everybody was kind of smiling and looking at one another, and I thought, what's that all about? And they said, well, you know, Brother Paul preached John 3.16 last night. And I told him, I said, well look, the sound went off when I was listening to the program and and we didn't hear any preaching. And he says, you know why? He said, the Lord wants you to preach John 3.16. 16. that's how the Lord works. It's the same message. For I Christ came not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He gave His life a ransom. He shed His precious blood that we might be whiter than snow and change our lives. Oh, there's no doubt, my wife and I, we've been married 53 years, and... Uh, Listen, we met in high school, dated through high school, got married at the end of high school, and been married ever since. But I'm telling you right now, if I hadn't got saved, our marriage would have landed a long time ago. And it's all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me close this morning with this statement. That even though the Bible tells us that the power of God is in the preaching of the gospel. And that's what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. He pre- everywhere he preached, he preached Jesus Christ crucified, buried and risen again. Everywhere he, you read it all through the scriptures. Every one of his books. And it is the power of God if it is preached, if it is proclaimed, if we will just open our mouths and tell people, did you know that Christ died for your sins? I mean, we're good at talking about everything, but are we not? We need to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we don't, if we don't, And people will die and go to hell having not heard of Christ's sacrifice. And that's what Paul preaches in Romans chapter 10. And he says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Do you want your children to be saved? You want your family to be saved? You want your workmates to be saved. Listen, I had five men I worked with got saved after me because of what God did in my life. Now, I look pretty good today, but in the day, I was a pretty sorry rascal. I mean, I'm still a sinner, amen? But in the day, these guys, they knew me. And God did a work in my heart, and my heart's desire to them was I would witness to them after I got saved. And 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 listen, uh, how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? We go to Scotland. We went to Scotland. We've been in Scotland and we still preach the same message. We don't have to give away things. We don't have to spend large amounts of money uh, for... The, the kids to have a Game Boy and an Xbox and all these other type of things that all, a lot of the missionaries over there are doing. And listen, you know, they get some saved and what have you, okay. But listen, it's the preaching of the gospel. But I want, you, I want to close with this, that if we do not preach the gospel, then we limit the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But if we don't preach the gospel, if we don't tell people about Jesus Christ's death and why He died and was buried and rose again, I mean, listen, the resurrection is is important. It shows that He had victory over sin, death, and the hell and the grave. And through His death and resurrection, we have life over death, over sin, over hell, over Satan. But if we tell not, if we preach not, Paul told the elders at Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, I have uh, uh, not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Every day with tears in his eyes, listen, The Bible says that he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Well, my friends, let us be faithful to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your your grace, Your goodness. I thank You, Lord, for saving my soul. I can never boast too much of my thanksgiving. Lord, I am nothing. As Paul said, this is worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. And Lord I have not shunned. to Declare. The whole counsel of God. To preach. The death burial and resurrection of. The Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel. Is that they might be saved. Lord we want to see. People saved. I want to see family members saved, workmates saved, friends and neighbors saved. And Lord, may we not limit the gospel by keeping our mouths shut, by not saying anything, without, by not witnessing. Lord, we need to have faith in, in Thee. The message we have is a powerful message. We have a message that no one else has. Mohammed, Buddha, all, listen, Confucius, all these religions, they offer nothing compared to what we have in Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray that you'd burden our hearts for the souls of men. And Lord, help us to be faithful in preaching the gospel Father, if there's anyone here today that knows you not as Savior, I pray, Lord, today would be their day of salvation. They may be religious. They may be zealous. They may have works. They may have religion. But they have not Christ as their Savior. I pray for them this day, that today would be their day of salvation. And then, Lord, I pray for all the Christians that are here. And Father, I know that being saved, your heart's desire is to see others saved, our family members, our loved ones, to be saved. And I pray that you'll give them courage, strength. Help them, Lord, to have faith that, Lord, your word will not return void. Lord our preaching is not vain and that Father that he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life in Jesus name I pray Amen